Thank you, Mr. Sherrick. And good morning, Carmichael College. Ah, that's how it's done, though. I'm pretty sure a bunch of you just called me Earl. So thanks a lot, Mr. Tongs. That'll take weeks to correct. <laughs> we had a great thing going. It's wonderful to see you today as we move our way through the story of the life of Jesus. And so far we have found out that Jesus existed before the beginning of time in perfect relationship with the Father God and the Holy Spirit. And when the world was made and humankind also, they were there. Then sin came and that chasm separated us from God. Our sin keeps us separate from the perfect God. But God made a promise that one would come to make it all better again. And He did. He came in the form of a what? Hands up. <laughs> what now? Hands up, please. Phoenix. A little baby. That's right. A little baby in a feeding trough, in a cave, in the middle of nowhere. No one was anticipating that. But now He was here. And you know what? In the Bible story, we don't get to hear a whole lot more about Jesus' childhood. There's one incident around the time he's about 12, but after that, the next time we hear from Jesus takes place by a river. Thanks, Mr. Tunks. A river about 30 years from the time of the first Christmas story, where a man named John, a very hairy and probably very smelly man with a peculiar diet, was baptizing people in a river called the River Jordan. And baptism is a really interesting process. It's a way of, first of all, identifying with Jesus. Later, Jesus would be buried in the earth as a dead man, but then he would rise to life again. And baptism, when we are baptized, symbolizes the same thing, that we die to the old and we rise to the new. It can also mean a symbol of washing away sins. And so John was calling out, repent, which means stop sinning. For the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, the Messiah is coming. The Savior is so close. But John, I don't think, realized how close the Savior was because one day, Jesus came to the river. Jesus the Savior. And he asked John to baptize him. And John was perplexed and mystified. He thought, what? You are perfect. I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals. And you'd have me baptize you? You should baptize me. But Jesus said, we must do this because it's my way of kick-starting the ministry that I'm going to bring to the earth. And so John baptized Jesus in the river, but when Jesus came out of the water, the most extraordinary thing happened. At that moment, heaven was opened. Imagine the sky kind of parting like a ripped sheet of paper. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I get typecast in a lot of church plays. <laughs> it was an incredible moment. Huge beam of light, the Holy Spirit coming down, and a giant voice saying that this man is the Son of God. Everyone in attendance would have been flipping out, especially John, who'd waited his whole life for this moment. And now it was time for Jesus to bring his message to the earth. Thanks, Mr. Tunks. It says in the scripture, from that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He gathered together a bunch of friends, and then he began to say some extraordinary things. Thanks, Mr. Tunks. One of the things I'd like to focus on in today's message is this, that sometimes there is a gap, sometimes, all the time, 
there is a gap between what we say and the things that we do. We might say we're a certain someone and we believe certain things, but when you look at our actions, we are proven to be liars. It just doesn't line up. In order to be able to say that we are what we are and we mean what we say, we have to line it up with what we do. And boys and girls, Jesus did that very thing. Here are just some of the incredible things Jesus said as he ministered to the earth. He told the world to love your enemies. What's that about? Love your enemies? Are you kidding me? But they're my enemies. That is a message the world had never heard. They were very familiar with the idea of punish and kill my enemies. But to love my enemies is a whole new way of thinking. Jesus also said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. In other words, it's better to give than to get. That is also a very bizarre way of thinking. Totally revolutionary. Then he said, the golden rule, do to others as you would have them do to you. It seems self-evident to us now, but 2,000 years ago, this was mind-blowing stuff. And we, living in this country, are still the beneficiaries of such a message. Our entire legal system, our entire system of government is built upon these ideas that Jesus brought to the world. And last of all, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, whatever you put your mind, money, time, attention, and affection towards, that is your God. And that's a big deal. It really, really challenged what people thought. But one of my favorite things that Jesus said was this. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus said this after some children tried to get near him and his disciples, his friends said, no, 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 no. In our society, children are worth less. Keep your distance, please. Don't bother Jesus. He's kind of a big deal. But Jesus rebuked them and said, no, 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 no. It's you guys who've got it backwards. Children are incredible. If you can have the faith of a child, the trust and pure love of a child, then you are as close to God as it is possible to be. That was such radical thinking that it turned the world upside down. So Jesus said some incredible things, and everyone really liked him. Lots of smiles, lots of high fives. People love this message, but then... He said some other stuff. And it's at this point the record skips. Now that doesn't probably have a lot of resonance in this day of digital music, but it kind of sounds like this. This is where things kind of grind to a halt as Jesus comes out with stuff that people don't like. He said, I am the light of the world. Okay? Then he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All right. But then he said, the Father and I are one. Boys and girls, this all amounts to Jesus effectively saying, I am God. Now that was a big deal. No one ought to say that lightly. In fact, back then it was a crime punishable by death to say that you were even close to God in worth. But Jesus said it straight out. The Father and I are one. Whoever has seen me has seen him. And suddenly, people got upset. Many thousands walked away from him and put their fingers in their ears and said, nope, nobody, nope. I like the idea of the other stuff you said that was all well and good, but this is too much. How can you possibly say you are God without any proof? But here's the rub. Jesus had lots of proof. Thanks, Mr. Tunks. 
He went throughout Galilee, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. When I say healing disease and sickness, I don't mean going into a laboratory with a white coat and running tests and hoping that he's come up with the right medical cure. I mean with a word, with a touch, people who are suffering the worst illnesses were made whole and clean again. That is the power of God. Thanks, Mr. Tunks. Another occasion, one of my favorite stories. He was out on the ocean or a great lake that was so large it may well have been the ocean with his friends and he was asleep in the boat when a huge storm, in fact, a furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus got up. You can imagine him kind of rubbing the sleep out of his eyes kind of shuffling onto the deck, looking at the wind and waves and thunderclaps and lightning bolts and saying, excuse me, quiet, be still. What do you think happened? It stopped? Surely not. You're talking crazy, Mr. Tunks. Whoa! It stopped like the flick of a light switch. Weather, nature said, Sorry, Lord, and stopped. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his friends, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Boys and girls, at the start, I talked about how there's always a gap between what we say and what we do. We say that we are essentially good and that we believe the right things and and want to do best for others in the world. But when you look at the way we act, a million times a day we fall short of that standard and there's a gap. But with Jesus, there was no gap. What he said and what he did were the same thing. When he said something, it it was as good as done. When he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant it. When he said I have the power of God, he meant it by his actions. When he said I am God, He backed it up by commanding nature and casting out sickness. And these were just some of the things that Jesus did to prove his lordship. Over the coming weeks, we're going to see even more extraordinary things and hear even more extraordinary things that prove what Jesus was saying, that he is the image of the Father, perfect, sinless, and in command of all the power in the universe. It's a big deal. What Jesus said was how he lived. What Jesus said was as good as done, as good as true. And boys and girls, this is such an incredible revelation. And it has so many implications for how we live and the society in which we exist. So right now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that we can be like Jesus, that the things we say, we can live up to by his power. And that when Jesus says that he's God, we can open our hearts to believe it because it's the truth. And it's the truth that he backed up with his deeds. So that's what we're going to pray for right now. Can I ask you to sit up straight? Oh, well done. Can I ask you to bow your heads because we're coming before the King of Kings? Can I ask you to close your eyes so that we can concentrate on the Lord of Lords as we pray? Lord Jesus, you truly are the image of the Father. You truly are God in the flesh. And Lord, you made that evident not by what you said or not just by what you said, but by the incredible deeds that you did to back up your claims. You are the master over nature. You are the master over sickness. 
nothing is impossible for you. And Lord, I pray that more people than ever come to realize this simple truth and that the words that you spoke can transform hearts and lives and the things that you did can inspire us to follow in your leadership, Lord God. Father, I pray this over every man, woman, and child here today. And bless us also, Lord God, as we go into another hot weekend. We pray, Lord God, all these things and more in your precious name. And all God's people said, they very much did. Thank you, boys and girls. I'll see you next Friday.